Welcome, JRPG enthusiasts the world over. It is time for yet another podcast all about your favorite genre and our lifelong love, JRPGs. My name is James Fisher. This is the JRPG Report, episode 49. We're about in the middle of January here, and we uh, it's not been too long since our last podcast, and I won't be able to do one next week as me and the wife have a... A little out-of-town trip plan, just the two of us. The in-laws are watching the kiddos, so some much-needed uh, adult time away from <laughs> from family and friends just to uh, relax a little bit. And I think I mentioned this before, that we are going to go see the Distant Worlds concert in Nashville. It's just a few days away, and I'm super excited about that. But I wanted to do a podcast today because we have breaking news, and I guess that would cue the the news, breaking news sound. Thanks to my buddy Chris, who uh, sent me a Facebook message uh, just a few hours ago, informed me of this, and it's not even on uh, the RP Gamer website yet, but it is over on uh, Gamatsu, and that is finally, finally, after all this time of waiting and waiting we have news falcom is bringing the legend of heroes trails of cold steel 3 to the west this fall um i think they were going to have a um big announcement type thing at pack south which is going on right now. If you're listening to this on the 17th, I believe on the 18th, around noon Eastern time, they're going to have a, a Twitch feed and talk about a little bit about it. But still no like actual release date. They were just paying this down to the fall. But it is coming. <laughs> we were worried it might never happen. Of course, the remasters of Trails 1 and 2 certainly seemed to indicate that it was coming and like no other series perhaps before it you've got to play these in order so it was all setting up for this day it will feature japanese and audio in english as well as english and french text subtitles now they're also detailing a of course in addition to the standard edition for about 40 bucks more, you can get the quote-unquote Thor's Academy Edition. You get a copy of the game. You get an Intelligence Division Files hardbook art cover, the Symphony of Class 7 soundtrack, the Inhale Keep Collector's Box, Steelbook, five postcards, and the Mishi Plushie. This is available for pre-order over at the NIS America online store, And so that's the other detail that's come out is NIS America will be doing the publishing for this one. Uh, If you recall, back uh, the first two games were handled by Exceed Games. So I think maybe that might have had something to do with it. Uh, The delay as well uh, coming over to a new publisher. You know, that takes some time. So they will be handling all those duties. Um. I won't read the entire uh, thing to you, but uh, just to give you the brief synopsis of it, it's a year and a half since the uh, 
Erebonian Civil War started. Much has changed. Reen is now, uh, of course, he graduated from Thor's, and he's now an instructor at the Thor's Branch Campus, which is a new academy. And he takes the lead of a brand new Class 7. There's been some new characters introduced, and he will be kind of leading them into battle. It promises um, cameos and Old members of Class 7 will be worked in and out. I really hope to get all of those characters back in addition to the new ones. Um, this game has been built from the ground up for the PS4, and it looks like it. It looks incredible. So here are the key new features. Welcome to the new Class 7. You can explore the newly annexed lands of the Empire with a brand new squad and then catch up with familiar faces from the past. There's immersive, immersive story experience, an epic story developed across three titles, crafted for new and old fans alike. Now, this does include an interactive introduction to catch up new players to the ongoing story so that anyone can dive into the world of Trails of Cold Steel. That may be true, but you still need to play the first two. You, you would be doing yourself a disservice not playing the first two before playing this one. And there are some new combat features, the addition of the Brave Order and the Break System to open up new possibilities of battle. So that got my day off to a happy start. Um, as, as if I wasn't happy enough in uh, Tales of Vesperia Land, we get this news. We got Kingdom Hearts in, in less than two weeks. It's a great time to be a JRPG player, and I hope you guys are having as much fun as I am in our favorite genre. Uh, we'll talk more about Tales here in just a few minutes. I want to get to some other um, news that came out over the past couple days. Uh, we mentioned Kingdom Hearts 3 there a second ago. So there are some... Um, They've already kind of outlined their plans for the post-launch. We see this with the bigger titles. We saw it with FS15 and uh, various other things, Dragon Quest XI. So the day it comes out, there will be a small update, which uh, fixes several data files and adds the memory archive option, which is a, uh, a digest of the series so far to the game's time. You know, I'll be honest, I may actually dive into that very first thing. <laughs> um the story of Kingdom Hearts is as convoluted and as crazy as I'll get out. It's been a while since I played 1 and 2. Um, I've got the remasters. I've not actually played back through them again. So just to get things all, <laughs> all in order, it may not be a bad idea to revisit that. Uh, the following day, on January 30th, you get the addition of the epilogue video. Which will be, <laughs> this is hilarious to me. This is viewable to those who have completed the game and seen the ending. If you beat the game in one day, I mean, I don't even think that's physically possible. I, I know, um, you know, there's already been copies of it floating around. Uh, people who review it sometimes get the game early. Uh, piracy does happen. So it just seems odd that it's coming out the day after it officially releases. Uh, the next day, on the 31st, you get the addition of a secret video, which will be viewable to those who have completed the game, seen the ending, and completed other unspecified criteria. 
So yeah, less than two weeks away, January 29th, Kingdom Hearts 3 finally gets here, and that's what's going on uh, with that. We did get some um, some new characters uh, come out for uh, actually the Lula. I guess that's how that's how I'm going to say it. I'm not sure. L U L U A. The latest in the uh, Arlen sub series, and uh, so you guys can, can catch it. It's kind of hard for me to describe characters and how they look, but um, this game is really looking looking nice. Um, it's got that really, I don't know, classic JRPG look to it. I'm not sure how to exactly pronounce it, but really polished up and clean looking and still having that out there look to it. But you can tell it's actually made for modern hardware that the uh, particle effects and battle um, animations really look nice. I'm impressed with it so far. The, the uh, All the pictures seem to really point to this one being a... Pretty decent game. So I'm having gone in and out of the Mysterious sub-series and not loving it so much, but really liking the Arlen sub-series, this may be one for, to get me kind of back into it overall. Said to come out in Japan March 20th. North America will get it in Europe later in spring. 2019 will come out PS4, Switch, and PC. Uh, we finally got... Release dates for the Switch and Xbox One versions of Final Fantasy X slash X2 and 12. They will come out worldwide in April. Uh, let's see here. First will be 10 10 2, which will be released on April the 16th. And two weeks later, on the 30th, you will get Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. These are the definitive versions of the game. And for the first time available on Nintendo, <coughs> excuse me, and Xbox hardwares. Very cool stuff. You, If you have not checked these games out, this was back when Final Fantasy was still doing things right. Some would argue 10 was the last true Final Fantasy game to come out. I would stick with 12 because I, I love that game, but I see where, you know, with 10... That was the end of the true turn-based battle system. Ten two was much more um, action-oriented. Still technically turn-based, but if you weren't pretty quick with it, you were dead. Um, you could play twelve as a is an offline MMORPG, and uh, I, I I truly love that game. It was nice, but. Yeah, you got to go back to 10 to get that true experience. I always wonder what 10 would have played like if they still would have had the active time battle system. Maybe would have made it a little bit quicker. Um, because, yeah, just just standing there forever on end with, uh, with nothing going on was a little weird. I, I loved it still. But, yeah, if you guys, for some reason, if you guys have not played these, I mean, what a perfect series to get for the switch right to be able to play on the go anytime you wanted to it's probably gonna look fantastic on on the little screen with these being ps2 games uh, in hd so finally getting a firm list on those 10 10 2 on april 16th and then 12 falling on april the 30th um the last news uh 
type of game I want to talk about. And I, to be fair, I, I don't remember if I've talked about this game before. And mostly because it's a mobile game. And mobile games, you guys probably share this sentiment. There's a few good ones here and there. They are mostly, you know, clickbaity, trying to get some quick cash. Um, they all kind of play the same with that weird system. Um, you may love it at first. Of course, if it was free, it didn't cost you anything, so you're really not losing anything. But they, they kind of wane out because there's usually no story to it. The graphics may grab you at first, but it only keeps you for so long. This one looks to be a little different, and I think that's why I'm talking about it. I've actually pre-registered for it as well, and that is another Eden with the ridiculous subtitle of The Cat Beyond Time and Space. Maybe that's why I didn't take it seriously at first either. I think seriously, this is a game about a cat. Um, it has a firm release date of January 28th. And, of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is, really, guys... I know mobile and consoles are technically do two different markets and they don't cross over, but everybody's going to, you know, they may download this thing on the 28th, but the next day they're going to be in Kingdom Hearts 3 land. <laughs> Let's be fair. So you can actually pre-order this as well from the iOS. I believe it's on Android as well store. And um, it's free, completely free. This game looks really really nice. I encourage you to check out the video and check out the uh, the artwork, and I'll tell you a little bit more why I'm so excited with it. Uh, I'll just say this. I did pre-register because if pre-registration passes 150,000 players, everyone will receive a uh, the Princess Prayer Fragment, and that will get you a four-star character named uh, Mayu. M-I-Y-U. That's always a pretty cool uh, bonus, as you know, most of these games you have, uh, you have your main characters and you can recruit additional characters with crystals or jewels or whatever you want to name it. Usually it's three, four and five stars. Um, so to be able to get a free four star character is going to help your battle out pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly from the get go. And you know, that's, it's just something they're throwing in there for free. So if you're interested in this one, go ahead and do that. You've got time too. It doesn't hurt you none. You can always erase it later if you don't like it. I think you're going to like it though. And I say that because this is a free to play turn-based JRPG. Um, it's being developed by Wright Flyer Studios. It's pretty cool. They got an old model of the old Wright Brothers plane as their logo. Um, guys, the development team has Chrono Trigger Director Director Masoto Kato. Its opening theme is by Chrono Trigger musician, and I'm going to butcher his name, I'm sure. Yashinori Masuda. It sounds just like Chrono Trigger, but obviously a little different. And that is a totally good thing. Um, diving into this game a little bit more, and I didn't know this until I saw another article on it. I was looking at some of the battle screens and watching it in the movie. I was like, man, that looks like Frog. 
that looks like Cyrus from Chrono Trigger. And it is. They're not changing the name. They're not um, playing around. It is, the character is named Cyrus, a mysterious swordsman who looks like a frog. He lives a hermetic life to hide his cursed form. Little is known about his origin. He hails from a country to the east. That's his character bio. Guys, this is an unofficial (laughs) time-traveling, unofficial sequel to Chrono Trigger in many regards. You've got one of the main characters in the game. The story talks about time travel. Um, Here we go. Here's the prologue. It all started the day she disappeared right before my eyes. Then suddenly the city was reduced to ruins in the blink of an eye. That's when I swore an oath. Once again, I'm setting out on a journey beyond time and space to save our lost future before the darkness of time falls upon us all. I am super excited about this game just from a uh, a story uh, aspect. You look at the artwork for this game, and it's a um, beautiful, beautiful game. It's kind of got those three... Uh, 3D art style to it, a real soft palette. There's a, a additional interview with the art developers who are like, "Yeah, we really wanted to <laughs> uh, try to meet the expectations of um, director Kato," and they were like, "We grew up with these games as a child." You know, as children, and we want to invoke those same feelings and emotions in children today and and young ones. So, guys, give this one a chance, and I think we're all going to be very happy. I mean, we've all got time, but we can't sit there on the PS4, but we can sit there on our phone or your tablet, you know. Really, really excited, and it's, it's one of those things, like... You don't expect to be excited about something, and then it just falls into your lap, kind of. And very, very, very cool stuff. We'll see how the actual follow-through is, but it's a free mobile game. So (laughs) whatever expectations you have, it's free. And you're getting, at least on the surface, looks like a great game. Speaking of great games, I hope you guys... um, got you know automatically delivered to you if you didn't you will want to go and check out i did a special interview with you will the ceo and creator of the grand legacy it's a completely separate uh podcast there wasn't anything else to it it was just the interview i think it was just shy of about 15 minutes we uh we connected via discord and uh there were some technical issues as he is <laughs> quite far away. There was a 12 hour time difference. Uh, it was 11 o'clock um, his time and 11 o'clock at night, my time. So we definitely um, <laughs> got me a cup of coffee to try to stay awake and do a good interview. But, you know, their their internet maybe not quite as strong over there as it is over here. But I think it came out pretty well and uh, was really Honored to be able to talk to somebody and give a little insight into the upcoming Switch title. But yeah, if you didn't get a chance to, check that out. won't take much of your time. And you can learn a little bit about the new The Grand Legacy game coming out for the Switch um, here next 
a little over a week from now. And then, uh, of course, coming to uh, PS4 and Xbox One, I think he nailed down it in April. But that was about as close as they could get to it. <clears throat> so, let's talk about Tales of Vesperia. And hope you guys are either enjoying it as well, or it's on your radar to um, play whenever you get a chance to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, I am absolutely loving the game. I kind of figured that I would. Um, having received universal praise from so many people, a lot of people rank it as their top Tales game of all time. As a f- super fan of the series anyway, I knew it would be right up my alley. And it has been just completely... Um, they did an excellent job with the remaster. And the best thing I think about t- games from that era and kind of the way they were drawn in the first place, they clean up real nice. <laughs> um, if you, while, you know, I think they did a great job with Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age, that game, remaster, looks great. But a game like Tales of Vesperia's remastered and cleaned up looks better. Because that art style is a little more timeless. It just... I swear, it looks like you're watching an anime in the cutscenes. I mean, obviously the, there's words for you to read and that it's all voice acted. But it looks so good. It's so pretty. It's that classic Tales battle system. Um, storytelling, characters, world trotting. Um, I was a little worried... At first, that it was going to be like Symphonia with the uh, different size blobs of enemies running at you on the uh, overworld screen, but no, they were they were the you know representing at least one of the enemies that you would fight in that particular battle. They're aggressive, <laughs> you know. They if they see you, you're probably not going to be able to run away from them, both uh, in the dungeons and uh, in the overworld. Until you get a certain item that makes you run much faster, and then you can uh, you can do that. But I guess I'm about 15 hours or so, maybe a touch more, into it. Um, I really don't have much negative to say. I, I did hear one in particular, and, and this is I didn't realize this at the time that Troy Baker had not reprised his role. But there were some additional uh, cutscenes and such added to the game. And it, you know, apparently the differences. And I'll probably, st- <laughs> knowing this, I'll probably try to listen for it and see how how different the voices are. I'm sure that can be a little off-putting. If you'd played it before, especially. Um, having never played it before, I, I didn't really pick up on that at first. There are a couple instances where um, they're still voice, but their lips have stopped moving. Uh, didn't notice that a time or two. You know, that could have been there the whole time. That's just, that's one of those things. And it's not going to make or break the game at all. Um, one thing I noticed almost immediately is there is a 
quite noticeable difficulty spike from your average character, you know, battles that you'll be doing with enemies in the same area to the boss. Sometimes in JRPGs, you you're cruising right along and you think that you're actually leveled and then you face the boss and yeah, it's a challenge, but <clears throat> nothing that you can't handle. I think it was the, well, the very first boss was a challenge for me. I think I was maybe slightly under leveled. The second one was more than a challenge uh, to the point of using, you know, using up most of your life bottles, most of your jails just to make it through it to the third boss, I think. Um, I, I actually lost at least twice to it before knowing that I needed to. Well, it's obvious a <laughs> like anything else when, when that happens, it's usually a pretty good sign that you need to just take a, take 20 or 30 minutes and, and level up a little bit on everybody. And that was, that was all it took. It was still a very, very good challenge, but I was able to overcome. And, uh, that was, that was a battle where there was actually, um, environmental things that you had to kind of play into that could give you an edge in battle. I won't, uh, ruin too much of it, but it's one of the things like, yeah, if you just did things a little bit smarter and we're at a better level, it wasn't that bad, but I mean, I love a good challenge. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's why we, why they play these games and I'm still getting the entire, uh, battle system down of, you know, you've got to, you take your swings and you block and you wait for an opportune time and positioning and, um, make you send up, you got to set up your AI pretty well. That it's hard to get them exactly doing what I want them to do, but I've got it kind of close and, uh, I've got a couple different, uh, formation strategies that I can adjust with and, and make them do more of what I want them to. It, uh, you just, you never want your <clears throat> healer or your mage, like running into the middle of a, a battle and uh, start melee attacking <laughs> unless they're completely out of, of, you know, TP, but that can happen from time to time. And um, actually at the, at one point I got to, you get the embarrassment of riches, right? Of course, with this with this title, it, eventually you do get both Flynn and Patty as permanent members to your party. But uh, it was one point when Flynn joined us, and uh, you just gotten Judith as well. And I think there was eight people to choose from. And outside of, uh, oh, what's the dog's name? Everybody's gonna be yelling at me. The people that know. Um, I don't like using him. He's a bit underpowered at the point, but like could easily have put any of the other seven into my rotation and not really missed a beat whatsoever. Um, but Hey, that's a good, it's better than the other way around. Like, you know, sacrificing and not having the best party, but so far so good. I really don't have any qualms with it whatsoever. Um, I'm playing it on the Switch, so it's it's really cool to see. It's almost like playing two different games when you play it on the go and you play it on your screen. Um, they they look remarkably different. Of course, the resolution is going from 720 to 1080. Um, there are some some differences to be expected, but 
I'm having a lot of fun with it. If if you haven't got it, if you're waiting on the fence, go grab it. It's one of those games that's probably not going to drop too much in price. You may see some sort of uh, a sale on the store that may, may pop up here, you know, six months or nothing. But by and large, you're probably going to end up paying at least 30 or 40 for this, even even down the road. So if you're thinking about it, go out there and support them. Because that's, that's a thing that I I really think more than anything. When people, when we get these remasters of games that we actually want remasters for, let's, let's make sure we're, we're clear on that. We we need to support them and we need to buy these games because the only thing these developers are looking at is sales numbers to say, okay, there's obviously people who like this game. What's something else we can uh, remaster? And I'm not talking about remake <laughs> and change and make awful. Just take the old game, make it pretty, add all the DLCs and post content stuff to it and make it affordable that's all i got to say about that so guys let me know your thoughts about it get over to the facebook page jrpg report join our growing community over there of like-minded nutcases who just love our jrpgs you will be among friends trust me um get download the anchor app and leave me a voicemail I would love to hear your voicemail questions and uh, they will be put on the show. I don't have any, nobody's done that for me. I'd love to answer a question Um, or at least try to get your name heard out there. Um, And don't forget to leave me a review on your favorite listening platform as well. That always helps out the show and it helps bring uh, new listeners into the fray and grows the community, which is always a good thing. I'm going to sign off for now and get uh, get back to the world. Hope you guys are having a great JRPG day. And until we meet again, get back out there and level up.